Dialogic Disciple is an invitation to explore discipleship and dialogue with the world as disciples of the Word. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dialogic Disciple podcast. I am James Johnson and I'm here with my good friend, Nick Houston. Hey, hey. Hey, Nick. How I'm you here. Doing? How you doing today? I'm good. We have uh, gathered together today to do our podcast and as is our new tradition, we have decided to take on a, a different spiritual discipline every month uh, and to try it out for a month to see what kind of impact or effect it might have on our spiritual lives. Uh, last month, we decided to do uh, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, well, prayer was our spiritual discipline, and we elected to pray the Lord's Prayer three times a day through the entire month of November. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Now, let's start with the, the honest question. How successful were we in actually doing this? You know, in the interest of setting a good example, I think I did a really good job of keeping it up. Yeah. Um. There were definitely some days. So the way that we did this, we set alarms right for 8 a.m., 12 noon, and 8 p.m. That's right. And there were some days when I was not awake when that 8 a.m. alarm went off. <laughs> right. And there were some days that I was in the middle of a meeting when that 12 noon alarm went off. Right. Did you do makeup prayers or did you? Um, some days I remember to do a makeup prayer. Right. Some days I forgot. Okay. Okay. Well. Uh, I'm going to give myself like an A minus. A minus. Okay, that's pretty good. I was going to give myself about 80%. So mine's like a solid B minus. Uh, it's right there on the line. I think there were um, there were a couple days in November. I did set my alarm. But like you, I was engaged with other things when it went off mm-hmm. or doing something else. And, and I and I tried to do the makeup thing, but sometimes I forgot. And there, there were at least two days where I didn't pray at all. Uh, mm-hmm. on, on on our schedule, right? right? Right. So um, that that's 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 a big hit. That's not good. That's not a good way to to do a spiritual practice. I mean, it did. It kind of did get funny to me though, because my wife, of course, knew that I was doing it, and so we'd be eight p.m. sitting there on the sofa, you know, getting ready to watch The Bachelorette or whatever's going on. <laughs> and my phone, I set up this kind of ding, ding, ding for the alarm. Yeah. And it would start going off, and I would mash the button, and she would do it with me, and we'd just sit on the sofa. Our Father, who art in heaven. That's great. That's great. Wow. Um, So um, I I think for the most part, though, I I was able to accomplish it, and uh, uh, it definitely... It definitely was uh, not something that I was used to doing. For the first few days, it was kind of a... The first first few days, I was excited about doing it. And Mm -hmm. I got about to the middle of the month, and I was like, okay, I'm... I don't know if I'm really enjoying this. The first two weeks, I feel like we're solid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That third week. And then that third week, the Thanksgiving week was where I had missed Mm -hmm. missed, uh, the days that I was talking, the two days that I was talking about that I missed uh, were actually during Thanksgiving. I mean, so I let let the concerns of the world impinge upon my my spiritual discipline. But uh, I feel like if I was going to do this over or continue doing this, I would set it around daily activities rather than particular times yeah yeah like uh i mean a good way to do it would be for meals like if you eat three meals a day um to do it during meals that's not just about the meal but you're using that time either before or after you eat Uh, that's what i was thinking like like a good structure brush like when you brush your teeth Mm -hmm. yeah yeah brush your teeth and brush your soul there you go with a little prayer there you go 
Let's uh, so so we were we were mostly uh, faithful with this practice. Let's talk a little bit about what kind of impact it had. What what kind of uh, what what kind of uh, experience did you have with it? What a uh, did you ever have a moment where you went to say the Lord's Prayer and could not remember it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I, I, the middle part. I like. I know how it starts, but there would be a couple times. But then pieces would get jumbled around. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, and then doing it, you know, with my wife a number of times over that course of time, I realized that she and I were saying different words in different places. Is like, it the debts and trespasses thing? It was. Two it was versions. more like um, ands versus buts. Okay. Like okay. as you're saying the prayer. Yeah. Which I guess if could change the meaning. Well, yeah, it could drastically change the meaning depending upon where it's at. Um, and it did, having said it so many times, it made me start to think about why do we say this exactly this way and what does yeah. this mean? Yeah. Um, so that was interesting. Yeah, Again, that's good. In the did, first couple of weeks. So you, you, you thought about that. Did you actually, um, did you reflect on it with any... Uh, any depth or write anything down? Well, I made a couple notes for you, James. <laughs> so the first one was kind of what I said about um, punctuation in how we say the Lord's Prayer, okay. like the rhythm with which we say it and where we put the breaths and the pauses and um, how that affects the way you hear it or read it. Okay. Well, I guess... Did you try? I guess cha- that's the piece of it is just hearing it rather than reading it. So you're saying it without punctuation and just for something to change up your life after you've done this three times a day for 15, 16, 20 days, you start to be like, our father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Right. You, know? you change it up. Yeah. Right. right. Just yeah, to no. give you something to do. <laughs> um, no, that's a that's actually a really smart way to, to go about doing it, changing up the inflections and where you put the. Where you put the um, uh, emphasis. emphasis? Yeah, the emphasis. Sometimes it helps put the emphasis on a different syllable. There right? you go. There you go. Uh, it can change the entire meaning uh, of of what you're saying, and not not that it changes the meaning on the on the paper, but it changes the meaning as you're praying it. One of the one of the things with prayer, I think that we talked about last time, is it's a lot about uh, you know how the spirit is directing our hearts and our minds in those moments, and changing the emphasis can can open up a whole different door for the spirit to move and talk speak yeah so i did get really kind of into this uh our father who is in heaven but you know mama said god is everywhere and this seems to kind of this prayer is saying god is in heaven and has dominion there but we want you to bring your will down to earth but isn't it here already that's interesting what do you think well so what did you think about that uh, this is what happens after you <laughs> Like, hey, that's that's what's supposed to. Happen. We're going to talk about scripture reading today. That's that's what's going to happen with that too. Where we read scripture and we're like, "Wow, I've never read it that way before," and it's only because I've read it fifteen times in a row. There you go. <laughs> well, that's interesting because so it, it, remember the Lord's Prayer is is originally. Uh, a prayer of Jesus Christ, right? This is a prayer of Jesus, who we who we do think has the special presence of the divine, uh, you know. And as he's as he's praying this prayer, he's he's praying um, to God, uh, to God the Father. Um, I wonder, you know, oh man. So yeah, I hadn't, I actually hadn't thought about this. I, I'm a little uh, 
Little... Welcome to the podcast. Welcome James. to the podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess, I mean, you know, we have this whole uh, Trinitarian way of talking about God. And so if you think that God the Father is maybe that presence of God that, that is outside of the domain of creation, and now we have the Holy Spirit who's present here, and Jesus Christ was present in his earthly ministry. I don't know. That, that, that gets into some theological problems. Well, I'm sure there's some there, but I, it just, it was interesting to me that we're, actually praying for what God wills to be done. Yeah. And this idea of God's dominion in heaven being separated from earth and how kind of maybe the activities on earth are kind of doing their thing, rolling forward, they're, they're set in motion and they're going. Right. Um, but one of the things we need to be praying for is for God to be active and in intervening in that. Sure, yeah. And it also implies that some of the things that are happening here on earth are not God's will. Oh, yeah. Uh, so oh. now we get now we get into a big issue oh. of like, uh, what? Uh, how, yeah, because there's also, you know, there's, there's scripture and there's, there's a tradition that tells us that nothing happens outside of God's will. And yet this kind of implies that there is a, there's a will of God. Oh, well, that was always tough for me, people who would say, yeah. you know, God has a plan for everything. All right. Right. Well, plan is different than a will, though, right? I mean, well, well, some do. I don't know that everybody takes it that way. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's very true. I'm, uh, I'm looking at the prayer right now, kind of uh, working through some of what you're talking about in my head. Um, I, there is definitely this idea that uh, that the that the kingdom of God is uh, at at the current time <laughs> that the, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of earth or the kingdom of God and earth are two separate things. And one of the things that we should be praying for is those two things to come together. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a downward movement from heaven to earth, right? Earth the is not God, rising up to heaven. Right. So the idea being that the, by doing the will of God, we establish the kingdom on earth. Is that, is that a good theological statement? I mean, I, I, I believe that's true. But. I do not immediately have doctrine breach alerts going on, <laughs> which, you know. That's good. If, that's good. If decks 14 through 25 are ruptured, we've got problems. So <laughs> That's good. Um, a little Star Trek humor for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. For those, for those out there who watch Star Trek. Um, let's see. So then the next thing that came up was just, this is something that we say in church every Sunday. And so you have it memorized when you're with this group of people and everybody's voice is speaking at the same time. And you kind of have these cues of what to say next. And I don't know who in the room is deliberately saying words they remember versus who is following the cues. Um, but one of the things that came up was just simple things like um, after you say your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. It is in heaven and give us this day our daily bread. Yeah. I, or I, just or just give us give us, us this day our daily bread. Yeah. Um, what do you think that makes a difference? Because then it goes into and forgive us our trespasses, or at least that's the way I memorized it. And do not lead us into temptation. But I don't remember it actually having and when we recite it. I think usually we th- just say. Lead us not into temptation. Well, I think the Pope has changed that now, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what. I'm having flashbacks, Jay. <laughs> 
So uh, I think the idea is that there's there's basically uh, three clauses here, right? There's the first one, which is the Our Father piece, uh, your, your kingdom come, your will be done. Then the second clause is, starts with just give, right? Just give us our daily bread mm-hmm. and forgive us our trespasses and lead us not to temptation. And then the third one is the piece that says, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. So you got a three Trinitarian kind of uh, way of, of talking about um, or a way of, of, of uh, understanding the structure of the prayer itself. I'm not sure that the ands there are essential, but people say it different ways. Yeah. But I want to be right, James. Yeah. Well, I think it, the spirit of it is what's right, not the literal uh, literalness of mm. it. Right? We also have, I mean, the big, the big difference is we have traditions that say, um, that, that say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And then there are some who say, forgive us our debts as we uh, forgiven those, you know, our debtors. Or, mm-hmm. as, so, we, as we forgive our debtors. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so that was the other place that I spent some time thinking about that I'm curious about because it seems to imply something that I don't know that I agree with, which, of course, wouldn't matter if it's right, whether I agree with it or not. And that is when we say, well, because in the way I have it memorized, it is, um, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Right. Is that that... I think that's the God is forgiving us only if we forgive other people or is that um, since God has forgiven us, we should forgive other people. I think it's more of the, the second, although I think the two are so uh, they're so intimately connected. I'm not sure you can separate the two and think about it like that from an, if you wanted to just break it down and analyze it. I think the idea is that because God has been so gracious to us, we should be gracious, gracious to other people. Mm-hmm. But, um, if we are not forgiving other people, then that would speak to the okay. fact that we have not really recognized that God has forgiven us, right? Yeah. It's not so much that God has or hasn't forgiven us. It's that we haven't taken the time to really think about what we've been forgiven. Uh, because if we did, that sense of gratitude would emanate from us, right? And, and bring... Well, there's definitely this sense of if you are praying this prayer and you are claiming to be a follower of Christ one of the commandments is to forgive. Right. right. And so part of your character as a Christian would be to be forgiving. So the Matthew version of this prayer is the one that says debts and the Luke version is the one that says trespasses. Oh, I thought that was just different ways. No, it, was... no, it appears differently in scripture. So that's, and so what? the Methodist, what? yeah, I know. Right. I was looking at Matthew just now. Um, I definitely during the month of November was doing trespasses. So, um, but because, because we, um, you know, because I, I look at both of these texts, uh, quite a bit because they're both pretty essential to the, the gospels that they're in. Um, I get, I get confused sometimes even when we're praying it in, in worship or, uh, whatever, I'll accidentally slip in debts instead of trespasses. So this is the, oh yeah, that's interesting. Okay. So, you know, I'm using the NASB. Right. New American Standard. Yes. And in the uh, Matthew version, it is debts and debtors. And in the Luke version, in Luke chapter 11, it is, uh, for we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Oh, man. So the NIV says, just forgive us our sins. For we forgive everyone, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Is that Matthew or Luke? That's the Luke version. Okay. The Matthew version says debts. Okay. 
So he uses that Forgive very. Sins. And you know, there. I mean, the question becomes. See, I think trespasses is KJV. I, you know, I think it's an old version. Yeah, I think that's what we. That's what we. That's what the Common Book of Prayer has, right? So that's, I was looking at the the Book of Common Prayer, the Book of Common Prayer, which is where we get most of our liturgy from. Yeah. Uh, and it does say trespasses. So it must be the old old way of saying it. Some of these newer translations are trying to update it. Yep. Okay, so this is a great segue into the other thought I had through the course of this. Would this prayer be meaning more meaningful to my understanding if I updated the words with the right concepts? I, th- I mean, I think that's what these translations are trying to do, right? So Yeah, but I picked the NASB, which is trying to be as close to the Greek as possible, and that's, that's fairly true. helpful. That's true, right? <laughs> so if you look at like the Common English Bible, which is a translation I've been trying out for a couple of years now, yeah, this is what it says. Um, in, in, the, in the Matthew version, in the Matthew chapter 6 version, it says in the NIV, and the way that I learned it was, forgive us our debts, right, as we have forgiven our debtors. Uh, so the the Matthew chapter five version in the Common English Bible says, "Forgive us for the ways that we have wronged you, just as we also forgive those who have wronged us." And I think that is doing exactly what you're talking about, right? Trying to mm-hmm. get to the concept of what Jesus is trying to say. As long as we recognize that we're doing we're doing some interpretation there, right? We're trying to get to the intention of what Jesus is saying with the prayer. Um, and, and have some confidence that we are getting that right, I think, that the, I think that's a good way to go. Yeah, because I don't think about my daily bread as my portion for the day to sustain me. So, yeah, if you talk about daily bread, what does so, he mean by that? You know, like, I mean, I feel like the intent there is that your needs are going to be supplied for. Yeah. So what would the metaphor be for me understanding my needs being supplied for? You think it's easier to try to put in a new concept there or just to take the biblical metaphor and apply it to your life? You know, that's another question. Why, why don't you talk about the things that you need on a daily basis, calling them daily bread? Because that daily bread thing can work in a couple different ways, especially when you talk about Jesus who's feeding the 5,000 with bread, who's breaking mm-hmm. bread at the end of his life, uh, you know, at the end of his earthly life during the thing. That bread metaphor is a pretty important one within scripture and providing daily bread is not just about providing food because man does not live on bread alone right mm-hmm. as jesus says in this quoting uh the old testament uh it can mean spiritual fulfillment as well or spiritual needs as well it can mean emotional needs like there's a lot of stuff that goes into daily bread that's not just about the big mac that i'm going to eat and i and i hear that coming from a biblical scholar <laughs> I think um, it for me, there's an element of this that harkens back to our conversation with Brandy about children's ministry and the beginnings of biblical literacy and how we're building a foundation with kids and growing. And there's some really neat connections there you made between daily bread and Jesus's ministry and stories we have in the Bible of how sure. our needs are supplied for. But I wonder if you're coming from the other way of trying to introduce somebody to the Lord's prayer. Yeah. Do you, is there something beneficial to being able to say a prayer that is meaningful, that, that doesn't need interpretation? Yeah. Um, like it, when you're here for the first time, sure. like not every prayer you're going to have the time to break down and interpret like we're doing right now. 
and not every person that comes into the church is coming equipped with right. 40 years of biblical interpretation. That's true. Well, so I think there's some danger, and I, this is, I think this is a classic example, actually, of, of where there might be some danger here in, in applying our own concepts or creating new metaphors that seem to be more applicable to our life. But it's so hot right now, James. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so one of the things, one of the things that Jesus is trying to get at here, though, and this is this is really important, is uh, the daily bread is is a direct is a direct reference to a particular event in Scripture with the manna in the wilderness, in the wilderness. right? Uh, and there's something to that that says that the daily bread is is for sustenance, it's for taking care of us and our families, but it's also about dependence on God, mm-hmm. right? It is absolute dependence upon God. So when he says, give us uh, today our daily bread, he's communicating a few different ideas there. And you're right. I mean, like people walk in, they say this prayer, they're not getting all of this if they're hearing it for the first time or if they've never, never really thought about it. I dare to say <laughs> <laughs> there's a number of people hearing it for the thousandth time. Right. Well, yeah. Right. At the who may not have that. Um, and it, but that I think that's at the and you notice this is at the very central piece of the prayer. Like this is it right in the middle, particularly yeah. the daily bread. Right. Yeah. This is about give us our this give us this day our daily bread is saying, I completely surrender my survival and sustenance to you. I am completely dependent upon you in order to survive, and not mm-hmm. just survive in a physical sense, but to survive in in every sense that is being human. Um. We should talk about that more. I think so we need what, to have more classes about the uh, the uh, the Lord's Prayer, so that people will uh, have a better. So again, I mean, I I this for me. Oh gosh. Okay. So the confirmation class rewrites the Apostles' Creed every year. Yeah. That's one of the things that our confirmation class here at Northside oh, that's, does. That's fun. Like in what way? In terms of what. Maybe rewrites the Apostles' Creed is not the right to say that. They in in interpret in light of the Apostles' They're Creed. They're not adding things to the doctrine. In light right? of the Apostles' Creed, they write their own creed. Okay, yeah, we okay. Uh, we had that practice. I had a, I did that in a class in seminary. Okay, so maybe my first approach at this is not the way to go. Let me try this again. If I was going to write a prayer, yeah, that I said every day, yeah, that took the concepts from the Lord's Prayer and adapted them to my understanding. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. That might be. That, I think that would be, ah, I mean, I would, I would highly encourage that. Because uh, then, you know, instead of give us this day our daily bread, it's God, may I depend on you for everything. Right. right. Um, and that speaks more directly Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, and, I, and I've, I've heard the Lord's Prayer interpreted as such that this isn't the actual prayer that Jesus wants us to pray. It's a is an example of the things that we need to pray for. Yeah. So you know you, you can expand this prayer into uh, or or rewrite this prayer as long as you know it hits these big things. These are the things that we should be praying for. Um. So I think that's in that same spirit, that same vein, what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Um. The only caveat I would add to that, the only uh danger that I could see in that is, you know, this is all happening within the context of Jesus saying, don't be showy about prayer. Sure. Right. Don't be uh, all words. 
You know, you mm-hmm. don't need to be like the the Pharisees who stand up and just talk and talk and talk, you know, when they're praying. Because right. God knows what you need before you ask it. Mm-hmm. This is more so that not already directs something we talked about last time, which is exactly. that this is about us redirecting our heart. Our, yeah. This is about us redirecting our intention in our life, which is part of what we were trying to accomplish with the daily uh, doing this on three times a day. Mm-hmm. What kind of did it, did you feel any kind of impact? Like, what what was the? Did you I, feel it changed you in any way? Was there was there a moment of God's grace upon you in any way in, in this? It practice? made me it made me aware of how much easier it was to pray multiple times a day, much less once a day. Right. That because you thought it was going to be. I couldn't make space for this. Right. And be more intentional about it. Yeah. So there was something a little convicting about, no, you can do this. You just never you just, yeah. tried. You never made a priority. Yeah. yeah, no, I had the same. Yeah. I had that same thought myself. Um, there was a sense, though, that uh, towards the end it was a little disingenuous. You were just doing it to get it out of the way. That I committed to do it and I'm doing it. But that's when I started thinking about, what if I was doing this Not with the text, but, but with, with something else. Yeah. And I see, I think that's exactly, I think that's spiritual insight right there because that's, I think that's one of the, one of the goals of doing this, taking the same prayer and praying it every day uh, and, and just making it part of your daily routine like that. You get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm ready to do something else, right? I'm ready to move forward with this, you know, or to mm-hmm. grow with this. And, you know, that's moving from milk to meat, you know, in, in Paul's words, talking about spirituality, like, you you do this as almost like a catechism of prayer, like a, a teaching thing mm-hmm. of prayer, because what you're really doing, you know, I think for me, one of the things that for me taking away from this, doing this three times a day, I'm just really training myself to give that time to God. It, it doesn't yes. even matter what I'm saying, right? It, it, a... it, to some degree, like I've picked this Lord's Prayer. We could have picked any prayer right. to do, right? So it's not, it wasn't the fact that it was Lord's Prayer, but what I'm trying to do is train myself to do this three times a day and give mm-hmm. myself the experience of, that I can do this. Like I, yes. I can fit this in my life if I really thought it was important, you know? Um, And then getting to that point where you're talking about where you're like, all right, I'm ready to take this and... Mm-hmm. and move forward with it um i think is i think that's exactly what the next step is i i i, I thought that the practice was um this is something that i have done before so i had some degree of of expectation and it, it i thought it was helpful I, I mean i i truly think that that training myself to to give intentionally these moments to god every day helps me to keep god in the forefront of my mind mm-hmm. in a way that is not there when i don't Right, that's just obvious. I think if I train myself to think about Star Trek three times a day, I would <laughs> I would have more thoughts on Star Trek, right? Yeah. Um, but the kind of questions like that you were asking about, well, what does this word mean, and how's it structured, and all that kind of stuff that starts to arise as you're doing this time mm-hmm. and time again, it's also important. Those are the questions. Like this is exactly where the spiritual discipline of journaling would be important, where you could write mm-hmm. those questions down, you could uh, do some reflection on that, and and continue to continue the process of exploring that those ideas it it also made me think of like those of the muslim faith who pray five times a day yeah 
and I'm trying to think of how you fit that in. And when it, you know, us going through this process had that alarm go off more in the middle of a meeting. Like, so then do you have to, I did not plan my life around when this alarm was going to go off. Right. But, but I could see that being a step too, yeah, where if it became essential spiritual practice of your life, right. You wouldn't schedule meetings when, yeah, when you the, had a prayer time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And how drastic and impactful that would be. Yeah. Because think about that. That means that every time you schedule a meeting, every time you do something that was going to require some time on your clock, it's not even just now about the times you're praying. It's the times you're like, well, I can't do that because I'm going to be praying in that moment. And so now already you're bringing back a structure of, of a prayer, but also like a, an awareness and intentionality toward God that you didn't have before. Like last yeah. time you're scheduling a meeting, you're like, you didn't, yeah, I can be there at eight o'clock. It's fine. Or I can be right. there at noon. Yep. But now it's like, well, 1205 will that work exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> right yeah um yeah that's uh that's a really cool side effect uh i think I'm, i don't know if it's a side effect it might be an intended effect of of doing this three times a day I, some of the people who listen to our podcast told me that they were going to do this too. So I'm very interested to hear oh, from okay, them, yeah. you know, what some of their insights were uh, coming from this. Is this something that you think you might continue to do or something that you might do in different seasons of your life? Or what, do you, would you recommend this? Like, what do you, what are your feelings? What are your feelings, Nick? How do you feel right now? I could see adapting a prayer, like coming up with my own prayer that I would want to pray. Yeah. And probably going twice a day instead of three times a day, or like you, like we were saying at the beginning, do it with meals mm -hmm. or brushing your teeth or something like that. Mm -hmm. Because I did appreciate making the time f intentional time for God. Yeah. And this was not like we were trying to sit down and do thirty-minute-long Bible study quiet times right. three times a day. Right. Like, this is pretty simple. Yeah. Simple as it gets, really. Um, I mean, it really didn't take more than 60 seconds to stop and say this prayer yeah but it it made you stop and say the prayer yeah yeah and there was a lot to be said for keeping that awareness we were recording this on december 3rd <laughs> and uh so it's been a couple of days now that we've we've stopped doing this have you noticed anything in three days have do you or have you stopped i mean like t so the experience of, of of ceasing to do this practice um yeah i realize it's not there yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That it was, it was pretty pervasive. Yeah. Was that a feeling of relief or a feeling of oh, I kind of missed that? Did you did you have you done in the last three days? Have you said the Lord's prayer at one of the times just no, because? Yeah. I have not. Yeah, me either. Me either. Um, but yeah, definitely missed it. Definitely like, uh, definitely noticed that it wasn't there. I'm interested to know. I think next month we'll we'll revisit this and say okay so for December we didn't do this particular practice did we notice a gap you know or oh yeah you know so uh, is it something and I think that I think like you I am going to continue I'm going to continue to do this at some level because uh, I do think it's important but mm -hmm. particularly within seasons of my life I I I've done this practice before where it's a particularly distracting time or particularly um, a time where I really feel like I need to keep God's presence before me more so than, mm -hmm. than other times. And that's probably all the time. But um, 
uh, seasons of Lent and and um, are particularly seasons that I think of. But in any case, I um, really do feel challenged to craft my own prayer now. I like that. You should. So I think I probably will do that, but I'm not going to share it with you. You can share it with us next next podcast. No, I don't think I will. No, that's between you and God. I don't want to be like the Pharisees. <laughs> very good. Very good. All right, so our spiritual practice of prayer, uh, that was a great experience, and um, I'm glad that we did that. We are introducing a whole new um, spiritual practice for this month, and we talked about what that might be. I think now that we've got prayer knocked out, you know. (laughs) We're done with prayer. Yeah. (laughs) Well, now I think now that we've explored prayer, I think the next natural natural step is to go to uh, Scripture, the Bible, and reading the Bible. So now we have to craft a, a particular practice that we're going to do on a on a daily basis yeah. that involves scripture. Yeah, the daily thing. You know, I'm doing disciple four. Okay, um, and that involves or should involve it should involve daily, daily reading. Daily reading, but uh, usually that takes place on Saturday or Sunday if it happens. Yeah, um, I have not been good about making daily time. This is going to be a little bit more because this is a bigger right. This prayer. is not going to be the, you know, this is not few the sixty minutes. seconds. So let's try to um, let's well let's think about this then. Let's do some creative thinking about what are some of the ways what what's important about reading scripture, digesting scripture, digesting. So it's not just about reading it; it's also about reflecting on it. And yes, I do not want this to be a thing where I just take like five minutes. Uh-huh. Read a couple, three, four, ten verses, and walk away. Okay. So, um, I do think it can be something that we do in a relatively short amount of time, particularly with all the other, with all the other um, ways in which we engage Scripture. You're doing disciple, and, and I'm preparing Bible studies and stuff. So, I want well, this to. I, be... I will say the disciple reading is pretty involved. Yeah, then that big chunks, right? So it's not so much that I feel like we need to read for a half an hour to do this, but I want to make sure I'm intentional about committing some time as part of the reading to turn it over in my mind. Yeah. So um, I think one of the things that's going to make it easier is that we can do this at any point in the day. Sure. This is not a, we can choose our own do. choose time. your own adventure kind of a thing. Okay. Um, and so uh, it, I think it might be important to do it at the same time, whatever time you pick. But I don't think that that's absolutely necessary. Oh, just we each have our own personal. Yeah, just whenever whenever Nick wants to do it, whenever James wants to do it. Okay. I don't know that it's I don't know that it's absolutely essential we do it at the same time. Uh, you know, I don't think that that's uh, necessarily essential. But I do think that we set aside the same amount of time. So even okay. if it's 15 minutes, let's say. Sure. Um, 15 minutes a day to read some scripture and then take some time to either pray that scripture, which is something sure. that's one way to do it, or to reflect on it and, and maybe keep notes about what that, where that reflection leads to, or maybe even just to ask a question of the scripture, like, where do I see the image of God in this text? 
We just mm-hmm. ask that one question of every passage we read, and maybe sometimes after thinking about it for 15 minutes, we don't know. We don't have an answer for that, or maybe the, maybe we don't see an image of God in the text. And then maybe we see multiple images of God in a particular text. Um, does that sound like an interesting thing to do? You want to like just ask the same question of different texts? Or does that... So I, what I have in mind is is that we would... We would pick a passage of scripture that both you and I are going to read. So we have the same scripture. Yeah, we're going to do, right. Um, and we have about a month. Um, you know, we're starting a little bit late here in December, but uh, we have about a month. So if we started tomorrow on December 4th and went all the way through, that's about four weeks. I tell you what, let's do this. If we're going to do the whole month, let's do the book of John. And then we'll also do the letters of John. Oh, okay. And we'll add those on the end. That'll get, us, that'll get us to about a month. So that should be about a month. The same John wrote both those Johns? Mm-hmm. All those Johns? Uh, traditionally speaking, yeah. Uh, okay. Wrote the letter of John. and uh, or, or the John's more likely. Gospel. Like John's, yeah, John's gospel and then, then the letters of John. There are three of those. Are either written by John or by John's disciples in the sense of like, these are the teachings that John gave us and we want to make sure that people have them. Okay. So it's written right. by the John community. Um, it's uh, some of the... La- le- some of the latest stuff written in the new testament uh so or newest i guess it would be the newest yeah but the last stuff written right (laughs) um yeah so let's do that that's great starting tomorrow we'll start tomorrow with the book of john chapter one uh, and do a chapter a day do a chapter a day and and i I would say first second third john and first second third john and i would say what we do is we take 15 minutes a day and we read the chapter Mm -hmm. and then we ask the question you know, we don't have to ask the same question, but the question I think that I will approach the text with is, where do I see the image of God in mm-hmm. this text, and what does that mean for me? Like, I mean, what does that mean yeah. as, as, as I'm created in the image of God? What, right, I think that's helpful. I think that's the way we'll do it. I like it. I like it, too. Done and done. I encourage anybody else who wants to join us in that, in that endeavor. We're going to do that, and um, let us know. Let us know how the experience is going. Let us know what you think of it. Um, and uh, we'll reconvene in the, in the new year and talk about how that experience impacted our lives, much like we did with the Lord's Prayer today. So, Nick, I thought before we uh, got out of here today, we would take a little time during the season of Advent to discuss what's going on with the Advent devotional, Stars in the Sky. This yeah. Year. Um, we, you know, we started this podcast by doing the, doing basically reflections on the Lent podcast. I'm sorry, the Lent devotion. Yep. And, um, I thought that was a lot of fun. And so, uh, I thought, you know, we could, during the season of Lent, uh, while we're going through this, uh, not Lent, during the season of Advent and Christmas, as well as into Epiphany, uh, we could talk a little bit about what's going on in the book. Yeah. And you've got this, um, we're holding on to hard copies. I know most people are getting this digitally. Yeah. Um, There's also a PDF version available if anyone wants that, I suppose. Oh, good. Okay. So you can have the whole thing in front of you. Um, I'm really interested in how you came up with the idea to do an Advent devotional called Stars in the Sky and how the story of Abram ties into Advent for you. Just yeah. In, in, I mean, obviously, we're going to go through the devotional, so this doesn't sure. need to be like in epic detail. <laughs> Let me just, just read your, it to you. <laughs> right. But your 30,000-foot version yeah. for people who are thinking they may do your devotional but aren't sure. Well, so I guess it started for me, um, I, I start thinking about, I start, I start thinking about Advent devotionals like almost as soon as Advent's over, right? So I'm thinking yeah. about the next year, and I don't start writing them until way, way later, but... Um, 
thinking about uh, Advent this year, and um, I... Because I think you told me this is what you wanted to do in, like, June. Oh, yeah. Yes, I yeah, I did. Um, in fact, I think last March, I sent out an email to the entire program staff to be like, hey, this is what the theme is yeah. going to be because there's some people around here who really like to know that stuff way in advance right uh there's some people that are fine just knowing they show up on sunday so it's a uh, it's you know we have different people different, uh, strokes. different strokes for different folks um so i've always been fascinated with the abraham story uh in general this is like the beginning of um the the life of the church i'm not sorry it's just like the beginning of of the family of israel that becomes the people of israel mm-hmm. and um when actually i think this began with uh this kind of idea to talk about abraham for advent began when we were talking about romans road and yeah. there's a there's a lot of passages in romans oh, yeah. where paul uh, paul points back to abraham and says you know the reason why we are um the reason why the gentiles have been included into the faith is because the faith is not based on the law, but it's based on the covenant. It's based on the promise that was made to Abraham way before the law mm-hmm. ever showed up. And because that's the case, you know, Paul makes the claim that we are the descendants that are promised to Abraham. Those who believe in Jesus Christ are the descendants that are promised to Abraham. They are the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. And so when I began to think about that a little bit more, um, there's what what is actually promised to Abraham. He's promised that he's going to be a great nation. But then he's also eventually promised a child, the child that it becomes, the child that is Isaac. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that Paul uh, kind of helped me think about was that actually that's not the case, that Isaac isn't the child of the promise, that Jesus is the child of the promise. He is the one who is born that brings in all of the families of the world. You know, because Ooh. the promise is that, the promise is that that uh, Abraham will become a great nation, and it says in, in chapter 12 of Genesis, it says, and all families of the earth will be blessed through you. And if that's the case, you know, Isaac kind of kind of falls short of, of that, but Jesus becomes that child through which all families of the earth can be blessed through this faith that Abraham had way back, you know, 2,000 years before Christ and 4,000 years before us. Um, so Jesus becomes that thing. And so just thinking about the story of Abraham, and then thinking about the story of Advent, you know, as we are expecting this child and this 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 child of the promise to come, it, it seemed to me be a natural way to to map these two stories on each other. Some parallels Some there. Some parallels. So so I I took the verse from Genesis twenty two as as my thesis verse, I guess you might say, mm-hmm. my premise, which says mm-hmm. that I will bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And then our Lent devotional this year is going to take up the second half of that, the sand on the seashore. And these two devotions will actually be connected with each other. In in the Advent devotional, we introduce, or we, not introduce, but we explore some pretty key concepts within the story of Abraham that carry over into the New Testament. So uh, having having explored those during Advent, we're going to look in, in the season of Lent, we're going to look at how uh, those things carry over uh, into not just not just the New Testament, but throughout the Old Testament as well. So, in one in one sense, uh, I think the best way to say it is that the story of Advent this year, and talking about the stars in the sky, is about God's faithfulness to fulfill the promises that God makes. And then mm-hmm. in Lent, during the season of confession, the season of retrospection, the season of 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 leading toward the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, we're going to look at how we have failed 
to be faithful to that promise, how we and how God continues to be faithful even amongst our failure. So mm. the first, you know, Advent's about God's faithfulness, Lent's about our faithlessness. Uh, I'm and really feeling the hope and joy on the front end and the despair <laughs> and depression on the back end. Well, there. that's the way the season works, you know. Yeah. <laughs> When we did Romans Road Repaved, you know, kicking off this podcast, yeah, there was uh, kind of a rhythm to the weeks in the devotional. Is there something like that in this yeah, devotional? We, we kept we uh, we've kind of standardized the way that we we uh, have the rhythm. Uh, so you have basically uh, you have um, a, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday reading uh, mm-hmm. that that is connected to a scripture, and those are those are uh, organized by theme of land. Uh, Promise, blessing, and covenant, uh, as well as child um, and Christmas. But uh, it, the each week, you know, the Monday reading will be about the Abraham story. The Wednesday reading will be the the parallel passage from the New Testament Advent story, mm-hmm. and then the Friday reading will be somewhere else in Scripture that echoes the theme and that can be more close, uh, not more closely, but that can be. Um, you know, basically like reading our story. Like what is, what is the story of the church in response to Abraham and this, in, in response to Jesus, the birth of Jesus. So has that kind of rhythm to it. And then Sundays mm-hmm. introduce the theme for the week. I really appreciate how you have structured something that ties together Old Testament, New Testament, yeah. and reinforces the position of the church in the world. Like it's neat to have that broad based approach that we don't get bogged down in this is a story about baby Jesus and it happened in Luke, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and that's Advent. Yeah. Um, that you really are given the reader an opportunity to step back and, and capture the whole story. Yeah. Well, you know, that's it, it, any conversation that we've ever had and anyone who's ever taken a class with me on, on a Bible, a book will know, um, I'm a pretty big proponent of, of the entire Bible being important. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we have this, uh, and we have this tendency as Christians just to focus on the New Testament and really to focus on the parts of the New Testament that we really like, you know. Mm-hmm. So John three sixteen is right up there at the top. Um, but I think one of the things that we fail to understand, and I think Advent's a great example of this, is um, that we don't understand, we can't fully understand what's going on in the New Testament if we don't understand the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And as I was putting this book together, I began to realize that, I, the story of Advent, the story of Mary and Joseph and, and of, of Jesus and the angels and the shepherds and all of this um, is directly pointing back to the story of Abraham in a lot of different ways. Like there are there are direct, like, you know, explicit and implicit like references to um, the story of Abraham and Sarah that that uh, that we're intended to kind of look at we're intended to like go back and say well why would why would it happen this way in the life of mary and joseph and jesus because of the faithfulness of abraham and sarah because they were willing to do what they did that's why mary and joseph are doing what they're doing you know because isaac was born is the reason that jesus is born and and, you know there's a direct connection i should say yeah because isaac is is the great ancestor of jesus christ physically like that's that's a real connection in the genealogy there in the genealogy right yeah um, but if you look, I mean, as you, and as we'll see, as we kind of go through this, um, like the book of Matthew, for instance, 
is is almost directly structured so that so that Jesus is doing what Israel should have done. Um, and so you'll see that in the book of Matthew, Mary and Joseph, after Jesus is born, they run away to Egypt. Uh, they go to Egypt to to get away from Herod's, mm-hmm. um, you know, diabolical rage and killing all the two year olds, right? Right. Um, and then they come out of Egypt and back into the Promised Land. And this is exactly this is exactly what happens with Israel. Like Israel goes from the Promised Land, moves down into Egypt, ends up in slavery down there, and then comes out of Egypt just like Jesus and Mary and Joseph do. And then the first thing that Jesus does as he begins his ministry in Matthew is to go up to the top of the Mount of Olives, sit down, and to proclaim the Word of God, just like Moses went to the top of Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments, right, and bring it back mm-hmm. down to the people. All kinds of stuff like that going on in the book of Matthew. Um, but so, so that's where your deep desire to be sure your devotions cover the whole Bible? Yeah, well, yeah, I guess I have a... I, have a, I, I very rarely will, will take on a, a deep theme in the New Testament or in the Christian life that doesn't include the Old Testament, mm-hmm. because I think that's you know that's where that's where we came from. It's our book. It's our history. It's important. You really can't understand what we're supposed to be as well, the people of God without a. Every so often, I give a plug for disciple because I discovered the same thing through yeah. that process. Oh, absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. In fact, um, I have a few. We have a few people here at Northside who. Uh, always have a little bit of a question why we're why are we going to stay an old testament book right and and i mm-hmm. i totally understand that sentiment like because you know for a lot of us the old testament is difficult uh is in a lot of mm-hmm. ways more difficult than the new testament it's not they're, they're really ancient books i mean they're all ancient but hebrew is is really ancient so we're dealing with ideas and concepts and and a lot of people don't like the the picture of god the image of god we we're talking about we're looking for the right. image of god they don't like the image of god that they see in the Old Testament, but I think it's because we've focused on the wrong text in the Old Testament, and I think hopefully we'll see in the story of Abraham and Sarah that the image of God we see in that story is Jesus Christ. So uh, that's that's kind of why I did it that way. All right. So, well, it's teed up. All right. Well, uh, Nick, this has been a great conversation today. Appreciate you taking the time to come up here to the third floor and sit down here wearing your camo. What is that? I don't even know. A camouflage jacket that you have on? Yeah, this is uh, mossy oak right here. Mossy oak. I Flannel. Wish, I wish the people could see you. But it's buttoned down with a collar. It does. It looks nice. And I wore a corduroy suit jacket with it. It looks like you could go directly from the office to go hunt. I could, not but I could also go to a formal event. Like, I've got a jacket. <laughs> I'm ready for the country club. <laughs> We're ready for the country, one way or the exactly. other. Exactly. That's I, I. I put this on this morning, and I thought, "Yep, feels like me." That feels like you. Well, it looks like you. Thank you, guys. Thanks everybody for joining us today, and uh, we'll see you later. Peace.